We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Hi, all. You know, we have to ask the question, what is actually possible? We have a lot of teachers and gurus out there telling us telling us that nothing is impossible. But a better question is, how do we know the difference between bargaining, magical thinking, avoidance, and real belief or reality? Because I'm going to put real belief with reality. Those things are hard to determine because, you know, when we're in those states of bargaining or magical thinking or avoidance, we don't really know we're there. And sometimes when others tell us that we are there, we don't want to hear it. So we just don't listen and we just keep on doing what we're doing. But understanding that there is a difference between magical thinking, bargaining, avoidance, and reality is a big deal. Before we go there, I think what we have to really talk about today is this whole thing about illusion. You know, back when the Course in Miracles first came out, Many people started setting up study groups for the book. The book itself was a hard read, uh, though it was a, it was a, um, it could be read by a lay person. It was not necessarily, uh, an easy read and one had to think about what you were reading when you read it and really come to terms with understanding what it was that you were reading. So many people would read it a paragraph at a time and just set it aside and contemplate what the paragraph Said, and so it took a long time to discover what the true meaning of the book was. Unfortunately, that book has become um, a treatise on how to make good things come your way rather than the psychological and spiritual, um, um, philosophical treatise that it actually is, uh, which is telling us basically that we are divine beings and that we can, we can, we, because we are divine beings, we can act like divine beings. Um, and we're going to come back to that. But one of the beliefs that is put forth in the law of attraction is that we are living in a world that is made up of illusion. And because we we began to really practice that, I mean, actually the teaching um, seminars on this taught people how to look at that table and say that table is not really there. And look at that chair and say that chair is not really there. And, and look at all the things and, and, and people in our real, real world and say those are not really there. It's something else. But we, I'm not sure we ever really came to terms with that, what that something else really was. 
so what we what we came to was just kind of put your head in the sand and really get down to avoiding the real world and and let's let's look at another reality let's pretend or let's say that we live in this other reality where um where we don't have to experience suffering where life is not so hard where people don't lie and cheat and kill and maim other people let's live in that other world where that those things don't really happen let's make up an, another world or let's say that that the world that we see isn't really the real world there's another whole world so a lot of people started trying to live out of that place and they stopped watching tv they stopped listening to the news and they stopped listening to radio shows that would be have anything to do with news on them they only listened to what they called positive things and that meant that they did not notice the difficult things that were going on in the world and they said to themselves well this is the way to live because by living this way i can stay in a positive frame of mind and therefore i can attract positive things to myself however when we get to really looking at that kind of thinking it comes down to a kind of magical thinking the magical thinking says if i don't see it it doesn't exist children do this when they uh when they're infants they hide their face and they think they don't exist in other words when they hide their faces they think you can't see them too when they're little once after a while they when they're through like three or four they begin to realize that yeah you can see them even though they can't see you when their eyes are covered but at first when they cover their faces because they can't see you they think you can't see them and with magical thinking that's how it works i say to myself i'm covering my eyes therefore the real world doesn't really exist but really i'm just covering my eyes and that's magical thinking magical thinking connects dots between things that don't belong connected um so it, uh, you know the mo- a real clear example of how magical thinking works for children is a child thinks to himself i hate my father i wish he was dead or i hate my father just just that and it comes with a strong emotion and the next day the father's killed in an automobile accident and the child thinks that he killed his father and that's not an uncommon magical uh, magical thinking scenario but uh it is magical thinking and we can do the same thing by connecting the dots between our behavior and somebody else's reactions to our behavior so i say if i'm a people pleaser then i can then i can make other people like me no that's not what's happening first you don't know whether they like you or not based on even their behaviors because sometimes they can behave as if they like you when really they're just wishing you'd go away or shut up or something so we don't really know that um we come to know that if we get to know somebody really well but at first we don't really know that but second uh we don't reach inside of another person and switch a knob that says you will like me we, we don't have that capacity i know that we all got taught that if we play nice we're going to have nice and people are going to be nice to us but nice is one of those things that's uh, a, a dubious quality as well and we can talk about that a little bit too because i remember uh from the play into the wood into the woods by steven sondheim that runs through all of the different fairy tales in that uh in in that wonderful play says uh to her daughter who is rapunzel that she uh has always been good to her and the daughter says you've not been good you've just been nice and that that's a very distinct difference that i like to make when i think about that word nice because nice 
means polite. It means socially correct. It doesn't necessarily mean anything to do with goodness or love or kindness or sincere uh, connection between yourself and another human being. But we all got taught that. Most, uh, I would say all of us got taught, be nice, just be nice, and other people will like you. And that's what we believed. And so the magical thinking was, if you're nice, other people will like you. So we began to, to then we began to use that magical thinking uh, to create some bargains. And we're going to talk some more about bargains in the next segment. But for right now, I want to make it clear that magical thinking is indeed magical. It is not real. It is uh, it is illusion. It is not uh, based in reality. So when we say to ourselves, the world is not real. We are saying to ourselves that I don't want to see the world, therefore the world does not exist. And I'm sorry to say that so much of New Age, uh, New Thought originated in that kind of thinking because I don't think that's the clearest understanding of what The Course in Miracles is actually saying. And you can take my word for that or you can go read the book yourself. But I would challenge you to read it very slowly and very thoughtfully because any cursory overview of that book is not going to get you its depth. And furthermore, any cursory, any uh, uh, going to a class to study that book gets you only somebody else's opinion of what the book means. So I would encourage you to read it yourself if that's what you're, if that uh, kind of reading will help you get clarity about what's really true and false. What is actually possible uh, in the real world is that we do, we can live our lives uh, free and happy and joyfully. And peacefully in this world as it is, we don't have to have the illusion that the world isn't what it is in order to do that. And that has been the faulty thinking that goes with that old idea first brought to our attention with The Course in Miracles and and perpetuated. I know of people, I'm sure you know of people who will actually say to themselves when they've had what a so-called negative thought, they'll say, erase, erase. Uh, meaning that that's a, a kind of obsessive compulsive way of saying, I didn't really have that thought. It's gone away now. I'm erasing it. So it has no negative impact on me. Therefore, I'm not attracting bad things into my life. What a difficult way to live. What, what a, what a closed way to live that says, I, I have to live in this little tiny narrow space where I cannot allow myself any negative thoughts or the universe is going to blame me for it. I, that's magical thinking. Um, that that idea that that our thoughts are a magnet that attracts bad or good things to us based on the quality of the thought. I'm sorry, it's magical thinking. And the book that I've just written and is was published in September, uh, called "The Law of Attraction: The Soul's Answer to Why It Isn't Working and How It Can," clarifies that entirely. That our thoughts are 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 not magnets. They are just thoughts. They are things that pass by us. And as we know, if we've been taught to meditate, we can have, we can be in a meditative state and the thought can just walk past us. It just is in there and it sort of walks past us while we're focusing on our meditation. And that is the nature of a thought. That's about it. That's all it has to give us. Now, if we put a lot of energy behind that thought and try to bring that thought into action, then we're, then we're, we're creating something in the world. And that is not magical thinking. We're creating it. 
But there's more about the the soul's answer to why the law of attraction isn't working. And I would really encourage you to get that book as well. If you're struggling with this kind of magical thinking, please buy that book, read it, and sort of let yourself digest it because it really does offer another view of the law of attraction and of what we understand from The Course in Miracles that offers us an even better, more fulfilling way of looking at life and about our part in life. So... Rather than staying with that idea about the law of attraction, I think a lot of what we've done with illusion is indeed fear-based. It is from that narrow place that says, oh my gosh, I have to make sure my thoughts are always in order. I have to make sure my emotions are also now are, are all in order. No, I can't have any negative emotions because that also might attract negative things. I can't have – I have to continuously uh, uh, repeat my – affirmations and do my mantras all day every day so that I can stay in this positive place so that I will attract these positive things I'm sorry that's negative that's uh, magical thinking and and magical thinking does nothing it accomplishes zero it is nothing it cannot accomplish anything it has no energy at all except that it oppresses us it puts us in that tiny little place where all we can do is manage our thoughts and manage our emotions. And, and then, when that doesn't work, then we have to start managing our shadow too. And we'll talk some more about that after the break. What I want to say before the break is that when we're believing really hard in something, sometimes what we're doing is magical thinking. And we're going to talk some more about that, so stay tuned. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness Research is transforming healthcare. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Listening on a Higher Dimension, 7th Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews.
And as you've just heard, The Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar, Edgar Mitchell, IONS is a nonprofit research, education, and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and engaging in a global learning community in the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. And we were talking just before the break about magical thinking and what that means and what it doesn't mean. And what we said basically is that sometimes when we're believing in something really, really hard, we're magically thinking in just the same way that a child, an infant, will put his hands in front of his face and, and say to himself that nobody can see him because he can't see them. We sometimes blind ourselves to the realities of our lives based on the premise that, that our world as we have created it is an illusion. And I'll just say this very bluntly. I do not think the world as we have created it is an illusion. I do think the world as we have created it is based on a duality trans state, which says that we're separate from the divine. And so we've created from that duality trans state. We've created from that vision. And that's what we've created. We've created more duality, more separation, more uh, of a need to connect with jobs, with people, with money, with time, with energy, with, with God, with whatever. We, we feel that we have to get somewhere to connect. And I would say that that is also a form of magical thinking. It is a bargain. And bargains work like this. Bargains take magical thoughts and make them into lifelong missions. For example... If I believe this, then I won't have to look at that. If I want this, then I'll just not think any negative thoughts and I'll have that. Um, if I can overprotect my child, then my child will always want me around. If I can overdiscipline my child, then my child will become a perfect reflection of everything I would like to be seen as in the world and then everything will be okay. These are bargains and they can become we can identify our lives with these bargains and we can live whole lifetimes out of these bargains. But every one of them starts with an if and then goes to a then. If this, then that. And bargaining is one of the most devastating things we can do with life because what, what it does is tell us that we can accomplish something that we have no power to accomplish. So a little while ago I referenced the people pleaser. If I'm always nice and kind and pleasant to people, then they will like me and my life will go smoothly. What that's based on is a fear. And so it is motivated by fear. The fear that the other, the flip side is true. If I don't, I cannot get these people to like me, my life will not go smoothly. And I must make them like me because otherwise they just won't like me. The truth is that people connect or disconnect with other people Largely intuitively. And that's something that happens and we don't can't explain it. You know this. We've all met people that we just don't like and we don't know why. <laughs> and then we've met other people that we just do like and we don't know why. And I'll say this. If we are loved by someone, genuinely loved by someone, they're going to love us no matter what we do. They might not like some of what we do, but they're going to love us no matter what we do. And if we are not loved by someone... They are not going to love us no matter what we do. 
So I would say we, I have worked with, I can't even say how many people over the years who have, who have set their entire lives up based on this single bargain. I am going to get my father to love me. Or I am going to get my mother to love me. And the way I'm going to do that is either directly by trying to please my mother or my father or take care of them or jump through whatever hoops I think I have to jump through or whatever. I'm going to do it directly with that parent or I'm going to do it indirectly and vicariously through a spouse or somebody else. I'm going to pick out a spouse that's just like my mother or my father and I'm going to try to get them to love me like my mother or my father never did. And a whole lifetime is spent on that singular bargain. A whole lifetime. It's amazing to me that these people find themselves attracted to people who are just like mother or dad, the person that they want to love them and doesn't, uh, or and or bosses who, who don't love them in the same way that their parent didn't love them, mother or father didn't love them. So they keep running into this scenario again and again and again and again and again throughout their lives. And what they do with that scenario is they go back to the same bargain. I'm going to get you to love me. So they jump through the same hoops. They do the same exact kinds of, of uh, negotiations. They, they try to be pleasing. They dress the right way. They act the right way. They earn the right kind of money. They, they do all the things that are meant to actually win, finally win this person's love. But guess what? It never happens. Mom or dad, whoever they're trying to influence in this way, never turns around and says, oh, my God, now I love you. I never did before, but now I do because you finally pushed that button. You finally did that thing, that thing I've been waiting for you to do all your life. And now I love you. It never happens. Do you know why it doesn't happen? Because it's magical thinking that's turned into a bargain. The people, parents who don't love their children don't have a capacity to love their children, period. Now, should they have that capacity? Well, I don't have any shoulds for that. But would it be best if most parents had the capacity to love their children? Sure, I think I, I agree with that. I can't find any fault with that theory. But is it real? Does it really happen that way? No, it does not. Not all parents love their children. And I'm sorry that that's the way it is, but that is the way it is. And certainly not all children love their uh, parents love their children the way that the children want them to, to love them. Uh, I can tell you a story about my own life. Uh, uh, my, I remember being maybe five, something like, something like that, and somersaulting across my front yard over and over again until I had a headache and I was so woozy that I thought I was going to throw up, trying to get my mother to look at me. Hey, Mom, watch this. Hey, Mom, watch this. Hey, Mom, watch this. Mom, 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 watch this. She never turned around and looked at me. And do you know why? My mother came from an old school of thinking that said that you shouldn't give children too much attention because that makes them arrogant. Now, all I really needed was for her to go, yay, go, and I would have stopped somersaulting, and I might not have had such a headache. But I didn't. I just kept doing it because I thought that eventually she's going to turn around and look at me and go, yay, look at you. What a beautiful somersault you've done. That's all I wanted. So here's the deal. That was magical thinking. I had the illusion at the ripe old age of five that I could get my mother to pay attention to me. And that was my way of believing that she loved me. So was that ever going to happen? 
never gonna it was never gonna happen. She did not have that in her because she had another whole belief she was operating out of. Now, I I'm sure probably took that into myself and said, well, that must be me. I must there must be something wrong with me because I can't get her to love me like I want her to love me. But actually, it had nothing to do with me. And see that connection that we make, and so many of us make it that. That if my mother doesn't love me, that must mean there's something wrong with me, is a child's magical thinking. It says, I am the I am the creator of somebody else's emotions. And we are absolutely not ever, no, not never, <laughs> the creator of somebody else's emotions. They create their own emotions out of their own beliefs, out of their own thoughts, out of their own personalities, out of their own authenticity or lack thereof. They create their own thoughts. And we're just not the creator of those thoughts. And so we don't have that power. And in the same way, we do not have the power to attract from the universe things that are not truly ours when we think positive thoughts. The only things that we will ever own are the things that are absolutely ours. Period. End of subject. That's it. How do I know this? Well, I don't believe there is any such thing as true knowing. So I can't say that I'm certain. Blaise Pascal said, it isn't certain that everything is uncertain. And that's a real funny way of saying it, but he's right. We don't, I can't be certain of anything. But I can say that my experience and my, um, my training and my, my work with the law of attraction with other people has demonstrated to me again and again that we don't attract things from the universe by thinking positive thoughts. We are attracted to and by all of those things, people, places, events, and circumstances that are going to facilitate our greater and greater awareness of who we are as non-dual oneness beings, divine beings, beings who are one with the divine. That's what's happening here. We are coming to know ourselves more and more incarnation after incarnation as who we really are divine beings but because we don't believe that we are divine beings we believe that we are separate from the divine and we believe that the only way we're going to even come close to having what we want in this life is to do some magical thinking or some bargaining and those magical thinkings and bargains keep us stuck in a narrow little small place where there's not even room for our wings to grow much less for us to learn how to fly and learning how to fly is what it's all about. And what I don't mean by that is that we're going to literally develop wings. I do mean that we need to be able to soar into the heights of our existence, my existence, not yours. I can't soar into your existence. I can only soar into mine. So me sitting around saying, I don't have what you have and poor me or, or gosh, they don't suffer like I suffer and poor me or how come they're – they can have what they want and I can't. Or even how come I have what I want and they don't. Whichever whichever comparative analysis we're looking at there, it is a form of magical thinking. We are not going to have what isn't ours and they are not going to have what isn't theirs. We have what is ours because our soul is a very active uh energy that is constantly in the business of bringing us to all of those things, places, people, circumstances, and events that are going to help us become more aware of ourselves as soul. 
And we'll be talking more about that right after the break. Don't miss it. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free. 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about what is actually possible. And so what we've talked about in the first segment is the idea of magical thinking, what it is and what it isn't. In the second segment, we talked about bargaining and what it is and what it isn't. And now we're going to talk just a little bit about avoidance because that's the third of those those things that keep us from knowing what is actually possible. Because we can get stuck in bargaining for an entire lifetime, because bargaining is based on magical thinking, that we can create things that aren't connect dots that don't belong together, that we can make other people think and feel like we want them to think and feel, that we can uh, bring uh, bring into reality something that is just not ever going to be real. We, we tend to stay stuck there and don't realize the potentials that are right outside the doors of that tiny little place we've, we've been living for a whole lifetimes. And that's why people say when they when they step outside that door, it's like waking up because it literally is the scales fall off your eyes and you think, begin to see things you've never seen before. Why? Because you've been stuck in that tiny little place where bargaining and magical thinking is the only thing available to you. And or the third thing, which is avoidance. What is avoidance? Avoidance happens in very subtle ways. It's um, it, 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 it can become behaviors quicker than we can even imagine but it happens by us just not going near to something that might make us feel afraid or not going near to something that we don't really believe we can have or not going near to someone that we are afraid won't like us 
uh, or or avoiding situations that make us feel uncomfortable uh, or make avoiding situations that make us feel comfortable. Avoidance is one of those things that is based on a belief that basically says, I can't bear that if. Avoidance says, I can't bear that, so I'm going to avoid it. So, so you know, we talk about uh, survivors of sexual trauma or survivors of some kind of other trauma avoiding uh, the situation that they were in before. They might avoid uh, talking to someone who reminds them of their perpetrator or a, a, a post-traumatic survivor of war might uh, avoid anything that sounds like war or anyone that looks like a sergeant that that was killed in the war or, or anything that um, might bring up any kind of memory of the war because the belief is I can't bear that so I will avoid it. But that belief keeps us stuck not experiencing life at its fullest, deepest essence. Now, here's what I'm not saying. I want to be real clear. I'm not saying that post-trauma survivors, post-traumatic stress disorder, should, uh, disordered individuals ought to just run ramshod through their fears. What I am saying is that slowly integrating the fear into conscious awareness and being able to respond to it from love and grace allows the person to have a fuller, more open life. And the fear that says, I can't bear that, says, I'm going to shut my life down. I'm going to make it smaller and smaller and smaller. And therefore, we don't ever know what is actually possible. So is it possible for a survivor of sexual trauma, for instance, to forgive their perpetrator? Sure it is. Is it possible for them to get past that and have an, even have a relationship with their perpetrator? Absolutely it is. But because we have a belief that says, we should not do that because it's too scary. It makes me feel too bad. I can't do that. We close our lives down. Now, again, I want to say if you are a survivor of some kind of trauma, then I am not trying to say you should do this the way I've just described it. There are no shoulds, and I don't know what your journey should hold. So I want to be real clear about that. If you're feeling like it's not time yet for you to do whatever it is you need to do, then don't do it yet. But I will say, if you say to yourself, I cannot do that, I must avoid it, what you're doing is something called avoidance. And it is a part of the diagnostic criteria for post-traumatic stress disorder, avoidance. And you can stay there for as long as you need to. But you can, if you choose to, also move past it. So what I'm saying here is not just for survivors of any kind of trauma, but I'm also talking to us in general. Um, I've heard people just say, I don't want to talk about that. I just don't want to talk about that. When talking about it might indeed be the most freeing thing they could do. What they're saying is, I cannot bear the feelings that might come up if I have to talk about that. Therefore, I'm going to avoid the whole mess. Avoidance does not help us expand into what is actually possible. Avoidance helps us stay in that small little place, the same exact place that magical thinking and bargaining help us stay in. So avoidance, uh, like magical thinking and bargaining, is also based in fear. 
Magical thinking says, I don't want to have to deal with a form of magical thinking says, I don't want to have to deal with the real world. Therefore, I'll just assume that the whole world is illusion. And I'll create my own little world by just shutting off the news, not reading the newspapers, not hearing or seeing or talking about anything that's negative. And anytime I have what's called a negative thought, I'll say erase, erase, so it'll go away. That's magical thinking at its finest and best. It's magical thinking. And the, the and then we can move that magical thinking into a bargain by saying, well, if I do these things, then I'll have these results. Uh, if I do my vision boards and create my affirmations and and stay positive all the time and meditate twice a day on my dreams coming true and really believe that they're going to come true. And if I can march into the shadow with my army boots on and kick over the gravestones of those old unresolved issues and then begin to wrestle with that demon ghost that's sabotaging my life, then I will finally have what it is that I dream of. Those are some pretty tall, awesome tasks. And guess what? They don't expand us. They reduce us. They diminish us because they're keeping us from recognizing that life is way bigger than all of those things. Life is way bigger than trying to control your thoughts. Life is way bigger than trying to control your emotions. Life is way bigger than trying to make sure that you don't uh, that you can stay positive all the time, whatever positive means. And what I found out it means is anything that's not going to get me my dreams, well, that's negative. Anything that's going to get me my dreams is positive. Well, who decides that? Just that very idea by itself is magical thinking because it says we already know what's positive and negative. I'm not sure we do. I'm not sure we know how to define positive and negative. So many things in my life and probably your life too have happened that have been very difficult for me to walk through or wade through or swim through. But I did it. And because I got did that work, I am so blessed today as a result of having done that. Entire, I'm an entirely different person as a result of some of those things that have happened in my life. An entirely different person. A, a person I like a whole lot more. A person I enjoy a whole lot more. So these things that we call negative, it's not necessarily so that they're negative. We, those may be some of the most positive events in our lives, that we, the things we call negative. So what is positive and what is negative? Our definition of that could be magical thinking. And then so, so we can build our lifetimes based on bargaining, magical thinking, and avoidance. Okay, so we know that now. What is reality? Well, <laughs> that's a big old question that people have been talking about for centuries, and nobody's yet come to a firm answer that any all of us can agree on. But what we can say is we are having an experience, and that experience is real. And to say that it's not real is to deny the very essence of our lives, because the very essence of our lives are based totally in our experience. Our experience is the essence of living. That's what we've got. That's what we can have. We've got a body, a mind, a heart, a soul, an experience. That's it. There is nothing else. We don't own our homes. We don't own our cars. We don't own our money. We're having an experience with a house, with a car, and with our money. That's it. So that experience is as much of reality as we are ever going to understand to be true. So we might as well just accept that piece right off the bat. Acceptance is a huge piece of understanding life and, and living life in a full, the fullest capacity we have. So is it possible to change our lives and, and do something entirely different, be, be entirely different? Yes, absolutely it is. Is it possible to make my cancer go away? 
Maybe, maybe not. If it's ours, then the cancer will go away. If it's not ours, then the cancer won't go away. Now, here's what I mean by that. The soul is in charge of our living experience. Our duality trance state is in charge of what we're thinking about that experience and feeling about that experience. We all came here to participate in this duality experience, and I said a whole lot about that in a show called Duality. Um, and it was done early back, a couple years back uh, in this series, but you can find it if you look through the archives. Um, and so I, I spent a lot of time explaining in that show how we came to this dualistic place of thinking. So I'm not going to go there again today, but, but I am going to say that because we think that we are separate from the divine, from the universe, from each other, we live in a frame of mind that says, I have to strive after everything. And that becomes our experience. And that also becomes our magical thinking, our bargaining, and our avoidance. So as we're, as we're tra- traversing this terrain of, of experience of life, what we often don't go to is what is happening internally. Unless it's, it's very, very painful. And if it's very, very painful, we want to avoid it. Or we want to have magical thinking about it. Or we want to bargain with it in order to just stay sane. So what we do with that is all based on the duality framework that says I'm separate. We have a – we are uh, – so, so I, let's go back to the analogy I used in an earlier segment about a child who doesn't believe that his or her parents love him or her and spends the rest of his life bargaining with that. So he tries to get mom or dad to love them by jumping through whatever hoops mom or dad want them to jump through or they get involved with spouses that <coughs> – excuse me – that will not love them just like mom or dad didn't and spend their lives trying to win that person's affection. So what's happening there is that person is stuck in bargaining. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, the reality is that that person and the mother and father are already one. They always were and they always will be. So what's true there, in my perspective, is that the person who is uh, believing that they're not loved by the parent is actually being loved in another way by the soul of the parent. So the parent is not very affectionate. Let's use just that one because it's easy to just stay on one one focused way of looking at this. So let's say the parent is not very affectionate and this is a touchy-feely child and wants, they want, the child wants to be shown affection in this way. The parent doesn't do that and the child thinks that, that the parent doesn't love them because he comes from the, a duality trans state. But actually, the soul of that parent is giving a gift to that child. And we're going to talk more about that right after the break. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. 7th Wave Network. 
The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness Research is transforming healthcare. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260 day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. we're back talking today about what is actually possible. We've spent the first three segments talking about what is bargaining, what is magical thinking, and what is avoidance. And now we've started talking about what is real. What is actually real is our experience because that's all we can actually own is our own experience. And that experience can be um, influenced by the duality trance state. But even as we are experiencing the duality trance state, the soul is taking that experience and transforming it into uh, a greater awareness for each one of us all the time. So the example I was giving just before the break was of a child who grew up not having receiving affection from a parent. And that child believes that because he did not receive affection from that parent, he is not loved. And therefore, the child has spent a considerable time bargaining with the magical thinking that if I can please my parent well enough, he or she will finally love me. Um, But what we've discovered, we started to discover just before the break, was that the soul of that parent and the soul of that child child are always one. That is one. They are united. They are not divided. They are not separate. There is no distance between them. And so the the love that that child needs is actually being given to that child in a way that the soul can use it to transform that person's awareness into more uh, consciousness of who he is as a divine being. So the soul is taking whatever the duality trance state gives it and using that energy to bring the person into greater awareness of who he actually is each lifetime. So, What's really going on there is that the parent 
is giving that child a kind of love. The parent's soul is giving that child the kind of love that that child actually needs to come into that awareness. So for the, so if the child doesn't get affection, then the child might grow up to give lots and lots of affection because he knows that this is a very important thing for other people. And that allows that person's awareness as an adult to become more aware, a more fully conscious of who he is as a divine loving being. That's just one example. There's many others um, <clears throat> of how that works. The bottom line is that what is actually possible there is that there is no lack of love between the mother and the child. While, while the mother may have not given the child the affection the child needed and may have needed desperately, that child has evolved or could evolve, can choose to evolve if it doesn't get stuck in a narrow little place of bargaining and, and magical thinking and uh, avoidance, that it, it can become more fully aware of himself as a unconditional, a person who has a gift of unconditional love. What a great and wonderful gift that parent gave that child. Now the parent, in its consciousness, the parent's consciousness of, of the duality translate did not give that gift. The soul took what the parent gave and, and gave it to the soul of the child and the child, uh, the child's soul took the energy of the re uh, reception of that lack of love and turned it into an, a gift of unconditional love for self and others. So that's how that can work. But we have to be willing to let go of mar magical thinking. We have to be willing to let go of bargaining. We have to be willing to let go of avoidance in order to expand our lives to this place where we can receive what actually is ours and create what is actually possible for us to create. Um, if we stay stuck in the old magical thinking that, let, let's use that same again, example, I'm going to be attracted again and again. Let's say I'm that person and I'm going to be attracted again and again to people who are going to not show me affection and I'm going to perpetually be frustrated and think that if I nag them or cajole them or if I touch them all the time or if I cling to them or if I do something else, they're going to finally turn around one day and give me all that affection my parent never gave me. That's a bargain and I'm staying stuck there. So therefore, I can't you, I can't really expand into the fullness of what is actually possible. Now, I will say that even that is being used by the soul to create more awareness for me so that when I come back to the next life, I'll be more aware than I was this life. But if you want to accelerate your awareness, you don't stay stuck in magical thinking. And there's a lot of us in the New Age, New, New Thought movement out there, the human potential movement, who are still stuck in that, that thinking that says... I must always stay on top of my thoughts. I must always stay on top of my emotions. I must always stay in a place of positivity or I'm not going to attract those wonderful things that I want for my life. And I would say that is such a small little place of living. And it does not claim the universe to be one with you. The, the universe and you are already one. And what is yours in that universe is the cattle on a thousand hills. <laughs> the cattle on a thousand hills are already ours. That's what uh, it's a psalm in in the Old Testament, uh, in the Ketuvim of the uh, Tanakh of the Hebrew Bible and the Old Testament of the Christian Bible. It's a psalm that says, "The cattle on a thousand hills are mine." 
And what that means is that everything in the universe is already ours because we're already one with it. Now, does that mean you're going to get rich tomorrow? Well, I don't know. If you're going to get rich tomorrow, you're going to get rich tomorrow. And if you're not, you're not. You're having an experience that's created for you by your soul. You think We think that we're creating an existence out of duality, the uh, duality trance state. But it's kind of like this. You take a piece of clay and you turn it into something else. The soul takes the clay that is the duality trance state and turns it into a beautiful vase. That's what's going on in our lives. So everything that happens to us, everything that we're involved in, everyone we're attracted to, everything that's attracted to us, every situation, every circumstance is being used constantly by the soul to bring us to greater and greater awareness of who we are. That is what is actually possible. And what a great, there's, no, there's nothing greater than that. To become aware of who we are as divine beings, what is greater than that? There is no, nothing greater than that. One of the uh, statements that Jesus made that's used a lot in, in, uh, in the New Age, New Thought movement um, is, is that greater things than these shall you do. Um, Jesus said that after healing somebody. And he said, you know, if you, if you believe in me, then greater things than the, these shall you do. And we have interpreted that, that to mean that we should be able to have the power to go around healing people's cancer and, um, you know, uh, healing ourselves of all kinds of things. And, and uh, we should be able to attract millions of dollars and we should be wealthy. And, you know, all that's going on while millions of people around the world are still starving. We're wishing for ourselves to, to have this wonderful thing while millions of people are still starving. What we're not doing is we're not ima- really seeing ourselves as one with all those people that are starving too. And, and spreading the wealth around for all of us. Um, I've even heard some people say, well, now don't think about those people that are starving because that's negative thinking and that draws you into that place and you don't want to go there. And I've also heard people say, well, don't think about those people that are starving because that's really an illusion. They're not really starving. I've literally heard people say these things. Guess what? There's people starving out there. Why is that? Well, I can't say that I know the answer. Again, it isn't certain that I'll think that everything is uncertain according to Blaise Pascal. But what I can say is that um, our duality thinking has us believing that there's an us and a them. It has us projecting all of our poverty onto the, on, onto, uh, the other part of the world where we don't have to see it. And we're just as much a part of that as they are. So when we can recognize that we're a part of this whole thing of poverty, then we might begin to heal it. That's what's actually possible. When we recognize ourselves as one with everyone else on the world, earth, we might actually be able to heal all of us. That's what's actually possible. But magical thinking that says, I'm going to think positive thoughts so I can have my millions, and I'm not going to think about you because you, you remind me that I might not have my millions. Well, that's magical thinking. That's bargaining. That's avoidance. And that is coming from the duality trance state that says, we are not one. So what is actually possible? is that we're divine beings and we're all one and we can create a whole world out of that. So that's the end of our show today. And next week we're going to be talking about Susan Shire about soul reunion, how to unite the soul with the mind and the body. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself.
Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.